everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manasheri and today's episode is part two of last week's episode which was all about self-compassion with the wonderful Dr. Marouk who is a dentist and positive psychologist. So if you haven't listened to that episode I strongly recommend you listen to that and in today's episode we talk all about how to manage symptoms of anxiety and burnout and just to make sure that you are the best version of yourself in order to present that best version for yourself, your friends and family, your loved ones and your patients if you are a healthcare professional. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode and without further ado, let's get into it. So what do you think are some of the things that we can do? I mean, I know we mentioned things like meditation and and meditation for me personally really, really does work. Um, But again, it's one of those things that you have to be consistent. It's not that you just sit down for five minutes and your mind is suddenly miraculously um, cleared. So what are some of the things that we can implement in our day to day lives? Some of the some practical tips that we can introduce to our lives to, to help us with all of that. Yeah, I think there are, you're absolutely right, right, you need to be kind of proactive when it comes to mental health and having the tools is really, really beneficial. Um, There is this beautiful framework from positive psychology by the the founder of positive psych, Martin Seligman, and he talks about these uh, five ingredients. And since then, they've added another um, ingredient as well. Um, But these five ingredients that can really help um, increase our happiness and our sense of well-being and that's a great way of kind of remembering um how you can really practically apply this so it's called PERMA Uh, the P for PERMA stands for positive emotions so the idea really is to increase your diet of positive emotions Um, and that looks completely different for for everyone else uh, for everyone Um, so for some people that might be meditation um, or mindfulness Um, And mindfulness, just to break it down, is the ability to really um, hone into the present moment without non-judgment. And we do this through anchoring through the breath. Um, And the concept really is that often we're spending a lot of time um, thinking about the past in an anxious way or kind of projecting in the future. So we're time traveling and like planning all of those things and we're not present and we're not witness to all the small pleasures in our day-to-day, right? Uh, So mindfulness is a great tool that can really help um, not only kind of increase those positive emotions, but a bunch of other things as well. Um, So can really help uh, in terms of focus and productivity, et cetera. Um, And I think, it's really, really difficult to probably start a meditation practice and be consistent. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about this, I really love to bring mindful informal practices into play because when we think about mindfulness, we think of just meditation. Of course, it's not that or just that. So the informal practices are really just taking a deep breath in, um, enjoying different moments in your in your day. That's it, you know. And it's so easy. You can fit this in to dentistry. When you're curing composite, you've got the 20 seconds, 30 seconds to take deep breaths. You've got your mask on, you've got your visor on. Patient doesn't need to know about this. Um, but you know what? The patient is going to benefit from this because invariably, you know, they're going to, you know, really like um, sense your sense of calm. And you, 
the way you're going to talk is going to be different. So, you know, when you're delivering local anesthetic, you're waiting for the algae to set. And the idea is to increase the out-breath um, over the in-breath to so make your exhale longer than the inhale. And what that does is it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system and that encourages a massive boost of positive emotions and of course impacts uh, your stress hormones as well and reduces those right reduces that cortisol so um you know that's a kind of easy hack another way you can infuse mindfulness and that's the kind of idea really is when uh, you're outside for example and you're going for a walk really notice your environment and hone into those five senses. Now, we naturally do this when we go on holiday. We're in a new place and mm. our sense of um, awareness is really heightened. So, you know, we're going to be noticing what we're hearing um, all the kind of different noises. You, you might hear like the birds and, and they're singing um, and everything you're looking at as well, the different colours, the textures. What are you smelling right now? Um, you want to ask those same questions when you're walking, um, you know, down, you know, walking to work or walking at lunchtime or taking a nature walk, hone into those five senses. And that's a great way of grounding yourself and, and being present, um, because invariably when we are honing into those five senses, we are not thinking about the past and we're not traveling, right? So that's a great way. But we can also do this, you know, in the home setting. So when we're brushing our teeth, um, we can hone into the sensation of those bristles on the teeth, uh, you know, the foam and really um, experientially feel that experience. Uh, and, and just to caveat, it's really normal for your mind to wander. So uh, don't beat yourself up around that. That's what the mind does. But with practice, if we just gently nudge our attention back to those sensations of brushing, mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, you practicing mindfulness and really building that, that muscle of the mind. Um, so mindfulness is very much about that. It's about bringing awareness to the breath and the present moment, noticing your mind wonder, and then gently like nudging it back to the breath with kindness um, and self-compassion. So that's that's kind of what you're working on. Another aspect of mindfulness that I absolutely adore is the gratitude aspect. So you're cultivating um, a sense of gratitude and curiosity about your life because you're going with what we call beginner's mindset. So, you know, often we go through our life not really being awake to all the beautiful details. And these are small things like, you know, your cup of tea um, and kind of savoring that moment, right, mm -hmm. when it's cold outside or, you know, little moments of like snuggling uh, with a really nice blanket. There's a beautiful Danish concept called hugger. I'm probably mm -hmm. saying it wrong. Um, it's a similar aspect right um which is really kind of reveling in the small pleasures and they've got a whole language around this right um and we can definitely take those elements that's what mindfulness really does so it's much it's much more than just a simple stress reliever it does increase your positive emotions and mm -hmm. um, for other people it might be going out for a walk so, um, you know, being in nature, that certainly was really healing for me and always is now, actually. I absolutely love being in green spaces. Um, so that that's the P covered. So whatever brings you pleasure, do more of it. If it's watching funny YouTube videos, just do it. Like reading memes, just like do more of that. We're not doing enough pleasure stuff. I think mm -hmm. as 
end professionals probably focused maybe a lot of us on our goals we're not really probably circling around the pleasure aspect so every day you get your hit of pleasure somehow um and I think that that's a really like lovely message as well and um, then the in the PERMA, the E stands for engagement. And this is a sense of using your character strengths, your strengths and things that you're good at more. And you might not know what your strengths are, but there are strengths profilers. So quizzes you can take to really find out what those strengths might be. And for me, it's creativity. So if I do more creative tasks in my day, um, and I'm not talking about like painting, because that, 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 that's one way you can be creative, but you can be creative in lots of ways. You could be creative by creating a social media post with images. You know, there's lots of ways you can be creative, right? Uh, but if I do more of that, I'm going to be increasing my uh, flow states. So I don't know if you've heard of the concept of flow, but um, athletes talk about it a lot so this is when we get in the zone um, and sometimes dental professionals talk about it when they're doing composite bonding and they feel as though they get really absorbed in the activity that they're doing they lose track of time it's this beautiful like freeing state so when we talk about flow states this is a really kind of um, important state that our brain goes into um, and the other kind of term of it is uh, getting in the zone and mm -hmm. as athletes they're particularly um you probably hear them a lot saying oh we, you know we're really in that zone in that moment um, and what they're really getting at are moments where they really lose track of time they're super absorbed in what they're doing um and they have a challenge but it's they can meet that challenge and and it's this really beautiful freeing state there is this movie actually um disney pixar soul that beautifully illustrates this and i don't know if you've seen it but there's a beautiful i watched it and then it was just really emotional so i had to stop it <laughs> Yeah, okay. It was getting very emotional for me. Yeah. There's a lot of positive psych in there, uh, which was really fun to see. But the, the, I don't know if you saw the scene where he's playing jazz um, and he's getting really lost in, in that music. Um, and you can see the notes pop up and he's just so he's basically delved into this world. So mm. having more moments like that is really um, important. And how do you get into flow states or like what activities might bring you a sense of flow? For everyone, it's different. It could be running for you. It could be cooking, could be baking, could be singing. Um, it could be playing a sport, could be teaching, could be writing. There's so many roots to it, but it's really finding uh, out what your kind of deep hobbies are that bring you that sense of flow and doing more of that. Some people in dentistry experience it as well. So if you're composite bonding, um, some dental professionals actually really love that experience and they do really hone into it and and it's it's very pleasurable. So whatever, if if possible, you could do more of those uh, things in, in dentistry and in, in work, then that's useful. Another way of getting to your uh, increasing flow moments is using your strengths more. So I mentioned this earlier, but just being aware of what your strengths might look like and then and doubling down on those things. So for example, if you have a challenge. Um, so for me, I don't really particularly love like creating a presentation pack together, like for a webinar or a workshop. Like that, you know, seems like a bit of a drag, but I love teaching and I also love being creative. So my top character strengths are uh, love of learning as well as creativity, which means that 
if I double down and, and really bring those strengths into what I'm doing, that project becomes fun and enjoyable and it's completely reframed in a different way. So try and do more things that you're inherently good at, uh, which is a great message because we always talk about weaknesses a lot. Um, and positive psych is very much about, you know, focusing on what's going well and amplifying it. So I think that's a beautiful kind of message right there. Um, and then lastly, out of the PEM model, the pillar I want to spotlight is meaning. Um, and meaning is inherently really connected to our sense of well-being. And this is uh, feeling kind of connected to something bigger than ourselves. Um, we know that people with high levels of meaning um, have uh, are less likely to experience like negative well-being markers. Um, so, you know, there is a need to really emphasize on how you can boost your sense of meaning and purpose. And I'm sure a lot of us during the pandemic have really sat with ourselves and thought about this conversation, like what really matters to us the most. Um, there are several routes to enhancing meaning, but the quickest route to this and your happiness actually, like from the studies at least, is doing something for someone else. So um, might be volunteering your time, it could be charity work, or it could be simply like helping a friend with a project or something that they're struggling with or a colleague, that's going to bring you meaning straight away. Um, and it's going to, you're going to get a boost of uh, happiness from it. Uh, so that could be a quick route, but other routes, of course, is just understanding our values better. So um, understanding what matters to us the most. Again, we can use values tables. So if you search acceptance and commitment therapy values table, it'll come up with a bunch of values. Um, and this is really important because we can start then once we're aware of like what matters to us the most, then we can design goals that align with our values. And that will bring increases in meaning straight away. It's also kind of beneficial, like when we think about tough times in dentistry, if we have our values as a North Star, they can be really useful when we're managing a difficult patient, you know, an aggressive patient. We're kind of reminded of, you know, what actually matters to us. Why are we a dentist in the first place? Um, so whether that be our value of compassion and kindness um, and generosity to others, um, you know, whatever that value might be. Um, it might be growth mindset, that could be a big value for you, like if you're setting up, um, you know, a company, um, or it might be learning, whatever it might be, um, but bringing those into your everyday um, is, is really important. And we can sit and journal about this. So maybe that could be an interesting route. So writing about, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave the world and if you could change anything about the world what would it be um, and that could be a nice like a journaling prompt to really explore you know your sense of meaning wow that's very deep and a lot of a lot of work that we can all relate to I think for and I think what you're saying about flow is so important because I, I've noticed that before when you're so enthusiastic about something and when you're really really in the flow but you forget everything else and you forget all the negative thoughts and suddenly when you come out of it then they come back to you so I think it's really really important to practice all of those um one thing that is that is important that I wanted to cover is what do you think are some of the signs and symptoms that we should look out for if we are experiencing things like anxiety and burnout because I certainly notice it in myself um for example, if I'm really, really stressed, I know I notice that I wake up clenched, like my messages, even though I've treated them 
Um, they are really, really tense. And I, it's to a point where it's difficult for me to eat. I'm much more irritable. My sleep quality is affected. My appetite is affected. And it isn't, you know, we like to think we're clever individuals, but you don't necessarily notice that straight away as a sign that something's wrong and that you need to take a step back just to recharge and fill your own cup before you can carry on. So what are some of the things that we should be looking out for as markers of things like anxiety and burnout, something that needs to be addressed before it escalates? Yeah, really good kind of question, because I think us mentally checking in with ourselves can be really crucial when we're talking about prevention. So just to give like more of a generic question, uh, answer, and then I'll hone into burnout a little bit more. Um, but the key signs and symptoms uh, of poor mental health, and that includes uh, things like depressive symptoms or anxious symptoms, etc., you might notice that your sleep changes. So you might be sleeping less, like far less. You might be having poor quality sleep. So you might wake up really early. Um, you could also notice uh, changes in your diet. So you might be eating more or eating less. And that can vary as well. There's been periods where I was um, experiencing depressive symptoms. I was eating a lot, but then there was periods when I wasn't eating. So it can mm. completely as well um, even in the individual and the experience uh, so noticing those also um, little things like your appearance might be different so it might be really difficult for you to actually probably groom yourself in the way that you would normally you're not maybe spending the same amount of time you're finding it really difficult to pick things out for yourself and make that effort um, you might notice a lack of purpose and meaning um, and more negative thoughts that pop up um, that's quite common amongst the board of the different mental illnesses um, so those are the kind of key uh, I think markers that can remind yourself that look you know maybe something isn't quite right particularly useful actually um, when you're um, thinking about your colleagues and your loved ones as well if you notice like changes in in mood in um, appearance in sleep patterns in their diet their lifestyle um, they're not finding pleasure in the things that they would normally do um, then that could be uh, alarm that could be you know a thing that you want to address and talk to just to spotlight the mental health first age training course is really good. It will delve into all of these um, in, in a lot of depths. And, and it's something that I would encourage all teams to do. Uh, but, and in particular, if you're interested in this, this is just good life skills, really. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, just to spotlight, that's really useful. Then when we look at burnout, I think for me, the easiest way, because I can give you the scientific definition, it's just not that helpful for most people. So the way I think about burnout is its impact on our thoughts, feelings, actions, right? So in terms of our thoughts, they're increased negative thoughts, and they're centered around feeling hopeless and helpless. So, you know, I'm not good enough. Patients don't care about what, you know, about what I'm doing. I don't really care about patients either. Um, there's no point in trying. Um, it's very helpless in nature. Um, we might also notice those thoughts uh, will go in a like endless loop, which is called mm. rumination. So where we chew on those thoughts again and again and again. Um, and this is similar to like what was happening to Sahib in that um, gym uh, analogy that we we're talking about previously. Um, so that's the kind of where the thoughts are. They're very kind of negative, cynical, especially around work. 
Then when we're looking at our feelings, we know that with burnout, we're deeply emotionally exhausted. So this is not resolved by rest. Our sense of empathy is reduced. Um, so, you know, in terms of our, our emotions, we're not able to kind of connect to our patients in the same way we feel really disconnected. Um, and then in terms of our actions, our behaviours, uh, like, they can really vary. It might be that we're not going we're not able to go into work. So it might be that we're taking days off. So absenteeism, it could be presenteeism, which is we're going into work because we feel we need to, but we can't be 100%. We can't be productive. Um, and then all of those changes I was talking about, you know, the lack of sleep or increased sleep. Um, it could be eating too much, eating too less. Um, our appearance changing. We might also be prone to... Um, like unhelpful uh, strategies to cope with our emotions and thoughts, such as alcohol, drugs, um, these kind of strategies. Uh, so that's the way I remember burnout, just thinking about our emotions, our feelings and our actions. And of course, there's a big varying um there's still varying amount of uh, detail here because every person experiences burnout differently, right? So just a caveat that, but but that's that's the kind of um, the main kind of the literature around that area. Yeah. Um. And some of what are some of the resources that you? I know you're very productive and you've done lots of wonderful things in in your various projects, and I know you have a lot of exciting things coming up. What are some of the useful resources that people can refer to uh, if they need help? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love creating products. So last year I launched the Mind Flossing Toolkit, which is a mindfulness-based self-compassion um, intervention, which really um, focuses on how you can implement and integrate mindful and self-compassion practices, both with your patients and at home. So it's a deck of like beautiful cards and back of the card, you've got an activity um, and it covers actually a lot of positive psych um, in there. So there's things around growth mindset, around environmental psychology. So going out in nature and forest bathing, um, things you can do in the moment when you're triggered with patients as well. Uh, so that that's a great resource. I think for um, teams as well so if you're a principal and you want to get something for Christmas then this could be a good one um, and then uh, I have my book coming out uh, with Wiley Blackwell which hopefully will be this year or, or early next year January um, and that is a really deep dive into well-being covering um, everything we've, we've talked about and also around habits and goal setting and time because I think that's a, a, a big issue with a lot of people with with we feel the time crunch currently. Um, so, you know, just looking at how we can personalize our time better, but it's full of beautiful worksheets that you can really kind of integrate things in a practical sense, the, the insights of, of um, positive psychology. Um, and then probably the last resource I would love to spotlight is a project that I've been working on, uh, working with Unilever, with, um, which is a, a free mental health resource um, called the Wellbeing Toolkit for Dental Professionals. And it actually is uh, really covers the PermaH model that we kind of touched upon today um, and with lots of journaling activities and meditations, um, and it's, it's just a wonderful resource. So yeah, check that out as well. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. I think it's such important work that you are doing. And honestly, a lot of us will benefit from delving a little bit more into that understanding why we sometimes struggle and finding out what works best for us. So thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and for today. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned a few things. I know I certainly did. And as always, don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manicherry. I always love hearing your responses. And if you have any requests for future podcast episodes, please let me know there. I do usually listen if there are specific requests that are quite popular. As always, there will be a new episode every week. So please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. And I can't wait to speak to you soon.